Yo, welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy. Good gosh, we had a close one on Saturday. You know, if I had to sum up last season, I'd say it was winning at the death. If I had to sum up this season so far, it's about missed opportunities. And we had another big one this week. Ah, so close. We'll talk about it. We're uh, live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you're listening to us on 2X, I'm going to talk really fast right now, so it sounds weird. Send in questions and comments. If you have them, here's what's on the show tonight. We will recap the Toronto game. Oh, it came down to the literal final seconds. We'll recap week seven as well. Lance Williams running into your living room or into your face if you're just watching on the phone. Cliven Lobster will join us. Oh, he's been fantastic this year for the Warriors. We'll preview the game with Houston at home this Saturday. Mika Kruse, uh, player profile. He's been such a great addition to this team the last, uh, you know, almost two years now. We'll talk about uh, USA Rugby refocusing its World Cup bids because other places were basically preferred earlier. But 31 and 33, let's go for men and women's World Cups. Okay, let's dive right in. Toronto comes into town on Saturday. This team that Utah defeated handily last year. We knew it would be a tough game, a physical game. Super windy, by the way. Just the kicks going everywhere. 13th minute, Toronto goes up 7-0. 23rd minute, Cliven Lopester makes it 7-3 on a penalty goal. And then we saw a tremendous play as Lance Williams did what he does, Banksy. Big hit, Mika Kruse offload, Mikey Teo try. It feels like we've seen this uh, 12 or 13 times. The defensive line speed was great from both teams all game, but Lance Williams' proven defense turns into offense. Uh, you know, Mika playing that 13 position out of his normal wing position. And then the rest at that point is something we know all too well. It's Mika to Mikey for a score under the posts. Mikey tries to kiss the ball before he scores. Have you ever noticed that? He does on just about every play. You know, every every signature <laughs> player has their signature. You know, when he starts a play, he has that little skip. Yep. When he finishes it, he always gives the ball a little kiss. That's It's beautiful. It really is. Is it sanitary in a pandemic? Maybe not. But uh, it's beautiful. I love it. Okay, to the second half we go. Uh, 43rd minute, Brock Webster scores a try to go up 12-10. Then Denon Robinson Bartlett scores a try to go up uh, 17-10. Both conversions hit the post in the win. This actually benefited Utah later. In fact, they had uh, Brock Webster was, uh, you know, the human T there for a minute. You know, the wind was swirling around and pretty dominant in uh, in one direction it affected the play in both halves and not getting those conversions proved to be crucial in the tension as it built up to the end of the match okay 64th minute jack mcrogers the backup hooker scores a try another penalty goal from sam malcolm in the 68 it's 24 10 utah's down um it's uh, you know 27 10 with 12 minutes left and we're like is it over heck no warriors are always in it at the end right 73rd minute cliven lobster scores a try and he shows off the wheels. You know, just, it was a great gap. He turned on the afterburners and was able to finish. A little show through the gap, and then it was just a foot race. He had the support from Connor on the outside and didn't need it. You know, it, it was just a great gap, inserting himself from the fullback position into the attack. It was a, uh, it was a, just a fantastic read and a solo effort. Billy, let's show that play one more time. I want you to notice the gentleman behind the tri-zone. Glasses, hat. Always, almost always decked out in black. Okay, so Cliven scores here. A lot of effective clapping going on behind. Me. Let's go! Yeah, yeah. The guy on the right there. Yeah, let's clap it up. That's our producer Billy Rathula. Okay, that's <laughs> our producer. 
who later in the later in the game, or was it earlier, is sprinting. Oh, maybe it's this next try. Okay, two minutes later, Connor Burns. Burns is the operative word here because he has got wheels. He scores, and all of a sudden, Utah's in it here at the end. Watch this. You know, this was a great play. Tomasi Tonga sucks in, too, and then there's that guy again, Cliven Lobser, and then it's Connor Burns. As he got called back just a few minutes before, just gassing down the sideline for a finish. You know, he could, he should have had probably two or uh, even three in this game in these closing minutes, the way things played out. Yes, there was a little bit of controversy where Burns was called out. Some people on Twitter were hitting me up saying, he wasn't out, uh, he should have scored. But the point is that all of a sudden, Utah's only down three here in the final minutes. They've got a shot. The cardiac kids can do it again, right? Five meters out, a lot of possession. We're going into extra time, about three minutes. Unfortunately, the Warriors knock it on, and Toronto wins. This is just a matter here, as you look at Gieselman go to Ali Khalifi here, of him having the ball in the wrong hand. If he has the ball in his left hand as he goes in there instead of his right hand, he's able, he'll be able to go down and protect it from the defense. But as he goes in for that drive, it's in his right hand. And when he hits the ground, it's immediately there for Toronto to be able to pull it out essentially in the tackle. And uh, he knocks it on, they kick it out the back and that's all she wrote. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, the Warriors are really good in the last 10 minutes. We know this. <laughs> they score. I, I think, uh, you know, okay, two weeks in a row, two tries in the final 10 minutes. Uh, it won out LA. Um, but they didn't go down 27-10, right? The deficit was too much. So the, this team certainly has the firepower. We're just seeing it too late, probably. And defensively, to give up, you know, 27, probably want to be in the low 20s, give this team a shot to get to the high 20s, low 30s, right? We know they can score 69 against Dallas. Like, that's crazy. It isn't Dallas every week, right? Toronto's a good defensive team, good set piece, good kicking game. <laughs> Granted, they missed two. Uh, you know, off the post, the conversions. But this team's certainly talented. And we saw the wheels. It, it was – and it was great to see Connor Burns in on this too. He had that to Mikey Teo and Mick Crusay and James Vifali and whatnot. This is a good group. They just – I just think they need to do it a little earlier in the game to give themselves a shot. Don't go down. You can score late, but don't go down 17. If they're down 7, 10, they win. You know, there's two sides to this. And I said it before, really, missed opportunities is kind of the theme of – the season so far. I mean, we're talking about a one try difference in San Diego. We're talking about maybe a try being in it is all versus Seattle. And then now we're talking here late being really close to pulling off the, uh, the come from behind win again, you know, it's about the Warriors being able to seize those opportunities in the attacking position inside their oppositions, 22 and closing out those plays like this one here, you know, Tomasi Tonga sucked into and then Cliven sucked in two defenders and it left the outside open for Connor Burns. Um, all of that is fantastic. So the Warriors have to take it upon themselves to be able to control their own destiny. Now, the flip side of that is I went back and watched this match again. The officiating was absolutely shocking from front to back in this game. And it's really letting Major League Rugby down. I've said it before and I've said it again. I don't expect our referees to be perfect. I expect you to be consistent and to be consistently good. And right. we thought there were so many inconsistencies in the way this game was refereed in the penalty to Yuri Van Vuren uh, and the yellow card that was given the first of the Warriors for the season to Yuri Van Vuren. And they were forced to play 10 minutes in the middle of that first half down a man. It gave uh, Toronto the advantage and they actually scored under that penalty. You know, 
the penalty that he was given for was for coming off of his feet. He was never warned for that. The Warriors were warned once for it from Franco Vandenberg. And then he was given the, the sending off almost immediately after that. And then Toronto in the second half proceeds to dive all over the ball to try and maintain possession. And they're never penalized for it. You've got to referee the basics of the game at an elite level. And that means scrums, lineouts, and rucks have to be refereed incredibly judiciously. And it's so inconsistent that it's frustrating as a fan to watch. And it's obviously frustrating in the results. I'm not blaming the results of this game or any game on the refereeing. I'm saying the refereeing needs to be better. Amen. It needs to be better. Okay, a couple game notes here. Uh, Utah now 1-3 and three versus Toronto. The one win was last year at home. Uh, that snapped the Utah's two-game win streak. 57% of the Utah Warriors games now, all time, have been decided by one score. How about that? That's crazy. Uh, and only the third loss at home since the start of last year. It's hard to beat the Warriors in uh, Harriman. You know, and Toronto's done it a couple of different times and uh, in spectacular fashion once even. So, you know, we said going in it was going to be a close game and they were going to be a tough team. And, uh, you know, proving the class that they have on the road, even decimated by injuries, full credit to those guys for coming in and getting the job done. You know, I mean, the Warriors can make all the excuses they want. They have to seize on those scoring opportunities if they're going to win games. And it's just not good enough so far. Too many knock-ons, uh, you know, inside the, the red zone there. They, they got to come up with it. Okay, that uh, that's our Toronto recap. Let's check out some of the other scores for around Major League Rugby. Some interesting scores here. Let's walk through it. Uh, Rugby ATL takes down Old Glory DC. Uh, LA takes down San Diego. New England beats Austin. Is New England way better than we think, Pixie? Uh, I think underrated, definitely. It would be really easy for a team like Austin to look past them into another matchup. You know, the the big chatter around the league is the rise of the East and is the Eastern Conference finally going to compete for a final from somebody that's not rugby ATL? Um, you know, I don't know if they're there yet. They had a couple of good weeks. Uh, we'll see how the season continues to play out. But some good results for the Eastern Conference over the last two weeks. I want to look at the standings and explore that a little more in a second. New York beats NOLA. Seattle blows out Dallas. Dallas the, going through the expansion season, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Uh, rugby ATL with a fourteen point win against DC. Okay, to the standings. We'll start in the West. Austin on top of the West, twenty three points. San Diego twenty one. Seattle twenty. It's a three horse race as as we speak. Um, Houston with fifteen and the Guillotines with fourteen. They have a game in hand that they need to play. They're one game. Uh, played fewer uh, Warriors as well at two and four. How concerned are you at this point that the Warriors are eight points off with uh, one fewer game, right? Than than uh, you know San Diego in that third spot. I think this past week with Toronto, I didn't want to call it a must win, but it would it would really have changed the landscape for the Warriors. You know, if they come away with max points out of that, you know, we're talking about now being in fifth or fourth position and only being three, maybe five points behind with the game in hand and the advantage over these visiting Western conference teams at the end of the year. I it's, it's mathematically possible, obviously a big game against Houston this week with a team that's above us and only two points ahead, you know, so we can kind of really hope for maybe, uh, you know, a big jump in the standings there. If the Warriors can pull out a win and maybe take two places, uh, in that leaderboard, but there's a lot of work to do for this team to catch that third spot. It is going to be an uphill battle because they started on three. 
no matter what it is, right? Um, so just looking at the remaining schedule. Houston at home. We'll talk about that coming up. Um, San Diego at home. Oh, my, no, no, let's go. April 1st. Ain't no April Fools. Let's go. Bye week. And then uh, at Old Glory DC. That's tough just because of how far it is, right? Look at Billy. I didn't even tell him we were going to the schedule. He just bang, just pulls it up. Um, he can run in the tri-zone behind it. He can pull up the graphics. Seattle at home. New England on the road. That's going to be a tough one. New England looks really good. Okay, to May we go. Rugby ATL in Harriman. That's a massive game at Houston. Uh, hosting Austin. Huge game. Hosting LA. Huge game at Dallas. So I, I see opportunities to win. I also see some really tough games left. You know, we say it week in and week out. There's no easy games in Major League Rugby. Uh, you know, even look at the performances that the winless Dallas Jackals have put in. You know, they've played a lot of teams really, really tough and probably been unlucky in a couple of those matches not to come away with a result. So you can't overlook anyone on any given weekend in Major League Rugby. And you see just how tough it is for an incredibly talented team. Uh, you know, a team that was a playoff team last year now to be struggling the way the Warriors are this year with the talent, the structure and the performances that we've seen out of the Warriors. It's kind of frustrating as a fan to watch. And now, is it too little too late? The Warriors are going to have to turn on some really incredible performances and get some bonus point wins out of the middle part of this season as they look down a tough final stretch. Yeah, if the Warriors had won and are sitting with 17 points or even 18 two behind Seattle with the game in hand, we're feeling pretty different here. Completely uh, changes the landscape. You know, when you look yeah. at that, uh, that flip of, of fortunes there and the difference that the five points would have made instead of just the one and keeping us one behind LA, you know, now you're talking about the chance to get those big swings with those Western conference teams above you in the table, coming to play in Harriman down the stretch through the final part of the season, you can make up a lot of those gaps against the teams ahead of you. But you know, now, I mean, you're talking about you've got to win and you've got to get some help to be able to make the playoffs. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. And in fact, I want to show everybody a picture. This was posted by Paula CK. And he says, first training at Warriors HQ. This is yesterday. Paula CK is in town and practicing. What kind of difference will he make for this team? I'm excited to see the next couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. I think the emotional lift they will get from having somebody of Paul's caliber in is fantastic. Obviously, he was the first signing for the Utah Warriors and a player of his quality at any stage in his career. I mean, he's Mr. Gainline, right? He's always going to go forward, uh, and it'll be exciting to see how that big of a weapon can work into this Warriors attack. Okay, Eastern Conference, we mentioned. Rugby ATL, Rugby New York, and New England, all 23-plus right now. Certainly, the East looks better than the West at this point. D.C. with zero points. Dallas is on seven, but at least has four bonus points at this point. So so do you think the East right now is stronger than the West? Because they certainly are in the standings, but what are you seeing on the field? I think that, I mean, if you look at Rugby ATL and uh, Rugby New Jersey, they've been the powerhouses <laughs> in the East. They, they've been the class of the East, and they, they will continue to be. You know, those, those are elite-level teams that will compete. What we're seeing now, I think, is the rise of the rest of the conference that's answering the call that the West has laid out. You know, the Western Conference really has set a bar through the first five years of Major League Rugby. And I think the competition level, the players that have come into Major League Rugby from all over the world has increased. And there's really a lot of parity in the talent of, of competition here. So are they better? Mm, 
let them win a championship out of the Eastern Conference and then we'll talk because because it matters, right? You know, yeah. it's all talk and speculation at this point. Until you come out and actually put it down in a grand final and get her done, you know, you can talk all you want. It's just talk at that point. Well, we've got to talk every week uh, during the season for roughly 45 minutes. But Bowden Walker is playing so well for the Free Jacks. I'm excited to see uh, you know him play the Warriors here in a couple of weeks. Okay, let's check out the schedule for this week. Old Glory DC, uh, host NOLA, Rugby ATL hosting New England. That's a huge game. Seattle hosting LA. Interested to see if Seattle can defend home field against LA. Because I'm guessing the Giltinis are going to get better here. Uh, Utah hosting Houston. We'll preview that coming up. And New York hosting Toronto, that, that's a sneaky one as well. You know, uh, in that game, you know, I definitely would give Rugby New York the advantage. Toronto. Oh, we're I thought it was Rugby New Jersey. <laughs> They're playing in Hoboken, New Jersey, all right? Like, <laughs> it's Rugby New Jersey now. It's St. Okay? Peter's, St. Peter's Peacocks. That's who's really <laughs> Rugby New Jersey right now. You've got to give Rugby United the advantage there, and I would even give Rugby ATL uh, the advantage over New England in that particular situation. They're playing – uh, in their home stadium in the snake pit. So going to be tough to beat them at home. Um, Nola's going to win over Old Glory. Seattle, I think, will bounce back and defend against L.A. L.A. still looking for form, and it's tough to play at Starfire Stadium. And then, of course, I think the, the Warriors are going to get it done over Houston and look to bounce back in a pretty significant way. Oh, the Warriors guy thinks the Warriors are going to win. What, what a home. What a shock there. Oh That's why we gosh. don't ever pick our games because we know what we're going to pick. They're paid by the team. What a crazy pick. Okay, <laughs> time for a new segment. It's called Warriors Digits. So these are top five individual rankings in the league. We need to know who's doing what really well. So let's break it down. Yuri Van Buren is tops in the league in two categories. Defensive arrivals, that's to the breakdown, and first defending arrivals. He's been fantastic. He's been all over the field for the Warriors and really improving year after year on that uh, position play at number eight. Remember, he's a converted lock. He's a second rower that mm-hmm. has moved to number eight to play here in North America and really showing his versatility. Then our guy, Clevin Lobster, we'll hear from him coming up. 14 conversions made. He's been fantastic. Uh, penalty goals made. Right, he's he's money. He hasn't missed yet. Um, how about how about Connor Burns? Uh, every time he uh, he gets the ball, he's he's getting 15 meters. It helps when you have a couple of runs there that are long. And then of course, Mikey Teo scores tries. That's not a shocker. <laughs> Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that Mikey Teo gets buckets, right? Uh, <laughs> Connor Burns in the minutes that he's had has been unbelievable, and it helps that you know he's coming on in support of a Warriors team that's playing with some urgency in the final 20 minutes of those games and the appearances that he's made. So the the minutes that he's gotten, he's made good use of. That's Warriors Digits presented by maybe you if you want to sponsor. Okay, perhaps the most unique player on the team is Cliven Lobster. He's from Namibia. He played in the 2019 World Cup in Japan. His dad played in the World Cup, uh, you know, uh, in his personal career. Here's what his teammates have to say about him. One word to describe Clement. (laughs) Quiet. Very quiet. Humble guy. So probably one of the most same hardworking guy. Quiet guy. He doesn't say too much, but when when game time is on, he'll, he'll direct us very well. Uh, Cliven, also known as the Prince of Namibia. He's been here same as his time as me, been here for a year. Great guy, pretty quiet, but uh, once he kind of, once he, once he starts talking, he's a, he's, he's a great guy to be around. Cliven is funny, like I've only known him about two years now. Um, 
I've known about him a while from just playing back in South Africa because when he was playing there for a while as well. Obviously from Namibia, the desert, and yeah, you, you can only tell the kind of banter he brings along with him. Um, but I mean, he's quiet when he says something, you always laugh out of your stomach. But yeah, he's funny off the field, fun to be around as well. Um, kind of just sits in the corner, and when he actually says something, everyone just bursts out laughing. The reason why we laugh, some of the things that he say, because he, he barely talks. So when he, when he talks, everybody listens, you know? So like, oh, like, he's gonna say something funny. He says something funny, everybody start laughing. Or, but uh, on, the, on the field too, he's, he's, he's vocal too. And, but when it comes when the, when, when the boys are chilling after like post game and stuff, he don't really say much until, you know, you really have to make him say something. He'll, he'll, funny accent of English, he barely speaks English. It's so funny. Yeah, so, so Clevin, he's, uh, he's, you know, as I, as I kind of said, he's kind of, he's pretty quiet off the field, but on the field, he's a, extremely reliable you know he's you know he's he's there he's everywhere yeah he's fun he's funny he's a very talented rugby player as well obviously playing um for namibia's international team he's got a world cup behind his back so yeah there's heaps of talent and he's definitely got age on his side so he let his uh, actions do all the talking man he's a good step up my man's a good step guy a little bit of speed on him you know he got that long stride stuff but uh, that one probably one of the most skillful players too on our team yeah so he's He's very hardworking, works on his skills, and is very good stepper. I think I'm excited to have him in the team. Um, he's very excited for the opportunity, obviously. Um, he's looking forward to hopefully getting more game time if he can stay healthy. And yeah, we're all excited to see him just show all the skill he brings along with him. He's very talented, like I said, and yeah, we're just happy to have him hopefully healthy for most of the season, if not the full season. Did you see his highlight of World Rugby? We did. Oh, the behind the back pass. What was your reaction to that? I was like, okay, man, you got to hurry up and come back now. So we was just hoping that he, I hope that, I was praying that he came, that he was coming back to the, to the wars. And I haven't spoken to him much in the off season. And then next minute, this clip just shows up on my social media. And it's like, okay, it's, this guy's fit and healthy and can't wait to have him back to show us all the flair and skill he's been showing everyone else in the offseason. But yeah, we've been we've been in touch uh, on social media when he was away in uh, back at home. So just, you know, clown around, talk jokes and ask, oh, you coming back? He's like, oh yeah, I'm coming back. So it's good to have him, good to have him. Man, he's, he's such a wonderful player. He'll set you up very well. And, and you know, like I say, he's a very good, skillful player. Very good, skillful player. Lobster. Warriors fullback, uh, played some fly half as well. He's versatile. And uh, he now joins us on Dub Nation, the Namibian himself. What's up, Clevin? How you doing, man? Hey, Jerome. Hey, Banksy. Thanks for having me, man. All good. How are you? Great. We're not as good at our job as you are at yours, uh, which is awesome. What did you think <laughs> at what uh, your teammates had to say about you? <laughs> Definitely don't, don't agree with what Paulie said of Prince of Namibia, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not the prince of Namibia, no, to be clear. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> so we've seen uh, this year from you what we hoped to have seen last year, and last year obviously was riddled with injuries. How does it feel now to be back and healthy with this team? And finally, it feels like on our end of the camera, living up to some of that potential we hope to see from you, brother. Yeah, for me, I'm just happy to to be playing again. Yeah, putting a string of games together, ball of the confidence, and yeah, just happy to be playing and to be healthy, like you said. 
especially after last year with the injuries and stuff. So, yeah, I'm just happy to be on the field and contribute towards the team, yeah. It's been awesome to see your boot on full go, right, as the, you know, the primary uh, kick taker. You've been on a, a heck of a run here. I think you've missed, you know, like four conversions, no penalty goals or something. Um, what's it been like to be the full-time kicker and have the success and be able to show off the boot this year? Yeah, kicking is, is have always been like a big part of my game. And like last year, we didn't see much of it. We had a good kick as well here with Aiken, but um, like with all the injuries and stuff, I stayed away from kicking as much as possible. But yeah, definitely coming into this year, as I said, kicking is uh, like a big part of my game. So I'm just happy to be slotting them, most of them. I've missed a couple, but yeah, just to make them, yeah, it's really like boost my confidence as well. It's something I feed of as well. So let's talk about this past weekend. You know, 12 minutes left, down by 17. And now we see the playmakers for the Utah Warriors come to life. You know, it's it's Caleb Mockney, it's Niall, it's Mikey, it's Mika, and you have been so instrumental from that 15 position. Talk about that chemistry between you guys, and was there anything said, or was it just a feeling in those final minutes of that game where you guys seemed to turn it up a notch? Yeah, we, we really didn't play well up to that point. So, yeah, we, we have so many good guys with, X-Factor, you know, backline, everyone brings something different. So on any day, it could have been either of us that breaks a line or score try from anywhere. So, um, yeah, we, we, we definitely just complement each other in how we play and we're starting to find each other on attack because we haven't played much rugby together. But, yeah, we're starting to gel and just, like, feel the energy that everyone gives. On that try that you scored there a moment ago that we just showed, I think it's so interesting when the when the conversion kicker scores a try because you're setting up your own conversion. So what's going through your mind as you're like, do I cut it inside to get closer or do I not? Yeah, I, I tried to cut inside, but I saw the winger coming from the blind side. It was just like getting as close as I can to make the conversion because the wind, especially this last two games against Dallas as well. And now um, Toronto, the wind was like strong, strong. So, yeah, I was just trying to get as close as possible. But as well, I train in these conditions every day here at the stadium. So I'm kind of used to it. But like when in the game, when the pressure's on, yeah, you definitely like think about the wind and all this stuff and like just trying to make it. At any point, do you see or hear Billy, our producer, screaming from beyond the end line to run it in closer? Because he's kind of made a home for himself down there late in games for the Warriors. Nah, I, I, I didn't see him, especially against the Toronto game. I just wanted to like get it down because I think we were down 17 or 14 points. So I, I knew I had to like go, go down to try and get back, make the conversion and try to go again. Yeah, so I just like tried to make it as quick as possible by then. You had a great uh, pass to Connor Burns, who sped in. That dude's fast, man. Uh, for the try that cut it to three, that was a great play. Yeah, yeah. Connor, Connor has some real speed, and you can see that on on the on the stats as well, like his accelerations and stuff. Yeah, so just like that's all you need. That little bit of space, and if you put him into space, he'll be gone ninety percent out of the time. Yeah, so that's good for him, man. Talk about what you saw in front of you in that play, because. Caleb puts the skip ball to Tomasi. Tomasi sucks in two defenders, and then you insert into the attack. And right here, there's still two guys to beat there. 
Yeah. How did that develop in front of you as you found Connor on your outside? Yeah, so so by then we knew that we we almost had to run um, any everything from like out of our own half. So I just I just saw the space up wide. So I um, just talked to Tomasi like just, just give it to me early like and then he took extra two steps with Troy and the two defenders and I just had one to fix and I saw like corner outside of me and like I had no doubt to like to just give him the ball and like just him do his thing. So yeah, if you want to score that try. Give so him just, the ball and let him do his thing. I love, I love it. it. And his thing is speed, man. Um, yeah. He's he's a tall, slender dude that can get up the pitch. That was awesome. Okay, yeah. that cut it to three. And then you guys have the ball at the five-meter line. Obviously, you've won in this situation so often. Unfortunately, there's a knock-on and you lose. So what's the conversation been like at the beginning of this week to rebound in another big game against Houston this week? Yeah, I think for us, like we we know we can finish game strong, but like um we I think we gave us too much too much to do at the end of the game, like coming down like that. So for me, for us personally, it's like just to start games, much um to start games better off and like just don't put us under that kind of pressure at the end of the games, make it easier on ourselves. But like you said, we had the chance to score there as well. So I just think if we had the composure patience as well, we probably score on any other day. So. Yeah. How do you eliminate distractions with so many responsibilities throughout the week and on game day? You know, how do you just focus on controlling what you can control and not worry about anything else? Because there's in 80 minutes of rugby, you know, it's such a roller coaster emotionally of momentum, of energy, of exhaustion, of exertion, of excitement. You know, how do you control and focus mentally just on, on doing your job? Yeah, I just like to stay in the present, like like focus my mind on what's happening right now and just like play heads up rugby, look look what's in front of me and play the situation that's in front of me. Yeah, I think that's 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 what, when I'm at my best as well, just to look up and just play what's in front of me and just like try to try to stay composed and in the moment. Yeah. We're talking to the Prince of Namibia, Cliven Lopeser. Uh Cliven, the at two and four uh, you know, with 13 points at this point, certainly it's an uphill battle to try and make the top three and into the playoffs. How do you guys manage this to make sure you've got a shot at the end of the year to make the playoffs again? Yeah, I think we'll just definitely have to focus on 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 this week and take it game by game by game by game. So um, we know that um, there's a good Houston team coming coming down to Utah this this Saturday. So we just have to focus on this one and try to give it our best and be you know, best show up for the game because I know if you show up for the game, we'll be, good. We'll be in a good spot um, come the end of the game. So just focus on each week individually and then hopefully we'll be in, we'll be in the top three or close to the um, come the end of the season. Okay, I just got to ask you one more healing secret really quick. Um, do you have a special flower or something like they did in Wakanda that helps give you your strength back? Because you left here basically with a blown out hamstring, you go back to Namibia. And then the next thing we see or hear from Cliven Lobser is you running in open space for the national team and flicking the ball behind your back. What magic do you have in Africa right now that helps you recover so incredibly well? <laughs> no flower. You're probably with the water. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I just went back to Namibia and knew I had to sort out my hamstring because without, without, out the hamstring, I'm not any good. Like, um, so I just had to like, work really hard to sort that out 
And then we had the, like in the uh, November international with Namibia, which helped me before coming here to to get some form, get some game time. So coming into the season running and having played some some rugby, so that was that was good for me. How many languages do you speak, and which ones? Now I only speak um, English and Afrikaans. That's all. I I know some Namibian languages, some words like, but I, I can't fully speak it or understand it. Yeah. And English, of course. So three. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Are you the coolest Namibian living in America right now? Nah. Like, <laughs> I think that's, that there's much more Namibians living in in America that I know of. So nah, I don't think so. Definitely not. <laughs> You're the coolest to us. So <laughs> we don't really care about those other guys. They got the princes of Namibia. So, well, good luck this weekend against Houston. And uh, yeah, we got the graphic and everything now. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Cliven Lobster, who played the 2019 World Cup as well for Namibia. Pretty cool. He's got he's got World Cup experience, man. And he his boot's been awesome. Like, there was a question there for a minute of, like, dude, Hagen Schultz, he's gone. He had a massive peg. Like, what are you going to – the combination of uh, Makini and free kicks and then uh, conversions and penalty goals with Lobster has been a nice combo. You know, there's several guys on that team, too, that could pick up that torch and run with it. It's just so nice at that 15 position to have somebody that has such a well-rounded skill set like Cliven does, you know, to be able to play from the back like that. You know, Mikey Tail last year was so instrumental, and now a healthy Cliven Lobser has been able to facilitate inside and outside of Mikey and Caleb on attack and really cause some headaches at times for opposing teams. It's awesome. And the next time you can watch him is this Saturday, another home game. Let's go. If you want to get your tickets and see your Utah Warriors take on the Houston Sabercats, a resurgent Houston Sabercats team, but they don't have home field advantage. The Dub Nation, let's get behind our boys in red and black and make sure you show up strong. Get your tickets at warriorsrugby.com. Okay, let's preview the matchup with Houston. Uh, it's on FS2. We're going to be on Cool FM and ESPN 960 as well. You and Ashley on the call there on the radio. Both teams outside the top three seeking playoff spots right now uh, as we look at some of the storylines. Houston, all seven games decided by 11 or fewer, so they've not been blown out. Um, both teams have defeated L.A. and Dallas of interest. And the last home meeting was pretty interesting. 50-43, to 43, Utah won. Went up big. Houston made it interesting late. That 50-pointer is the second most in team history until this, you know, the 69 uh, against Dallas. Six most points allowed, so this was a barn burner. And uh, Utah is four and two all time against Houston. Won four in a row after losing the first two, so trying to keep that going. And last year in Houston, remember, Utah only allowed five points in that game. That's the fewest in Warriors history. And of the six meetings, five of the six have been decided by one score. So expect perhaps a bunch of points and a tight one. Let's go. I think the message has got to be, right, minimize your mistakes and uh, and punish your opponent for theirs. It's a pretty simple equation and kind of cliched, really, as we look at it, because we know Houston can score. They've got some pieces coming back and getting healthy, uh, like fullback Zach Pangelinen, who is uh, as electric as any player can be in Major League Rugby, and he's starting to get healthy and find some form. So it's going to be another big test, as every week is, but you know you can only play the match in front of you, and this week it's Houston. Yeah, and Houston jumped out and led by, uh, you know, multiple tries there, and then uh, Utah comes back. This was one of the games of the year. I think San Diego was the game of the year, in my opinion, but this is probably number two in terms of just excitement level. Um, it went back and forth, and 
crazy game. It was awesome. Okay, a couple players to watch. You mentioned Zach, who's a tremendous player. Christian Dyer scored three tries. Keep an eye on him. He's the center. David Kotzer, uh, 4-4 from penalty goals, 9-12 of conversion, good kicker. And then your boy Jocko Bezui Den Hout, uh, who is all over the field. He's going to be an interesting matchup with uh, Yuri Van Buren. There's a couple of loose forwards who can move around the pitch. It's going to be great. There's, I mean, the matchups all over the pitch. I mean, to a man, the entire 23 game day roster is going to have to step up and really win those individual matchups for a total team effort to get it done this week. Warriors, uh, excuse me, the uh, Sabercats uh, are number one in defensive turnovers, one, number one in malls, second dominant tackles. Uh, they're one of only two teams who have even attempted drop kicks. They're two for two. So keep an eye on that during the match. Should be uh, pretty interesting. So that's this Saturday. Get your tickets at warriorsrugby.com. If you can't make it, watch it on FS2. Listen on Cool FM and ESPN 960. Okay, Houston um, is, is interesting too because they beat Seattle um, you know, by two. Uh, recently they played rugby ATL close by seven. They lost by 11 to the Legion uh, beat Dallas by five. That was a crazy game. Dallas played people tough. Like you mentioned three point game with New York, 10 point game with LA. So Houston's really good. Like last week you were talking about, Hey, is this a must win with Toronto? It's like, is this a must win now with Houston to keep the pace in the West? I feel like if you yes. can't defend home turf, they're going to be in real trouble. Like, I think they're in trouble, but they're in real trouble if they lose. I, you know, I didn't say it last week uh, against Toronto. I will say it this week. If the Warriors want to okay. keep their playoff hopes alive, you have to win this game and you have to win it decisively to send a message to the rest of the league that you can't sleep on this Warriors team and they've got to bring it for all 80 minutes. It's going to start, I believe at the breakdown. They have to protect the ball and minimize the knock-ons as well as the counter-rucking of Houston. This team can score in the final 20 minutes. They can score in the first 20 minutes. We've seen that against Dallas and uh, and in some other moments. What they need to do is execute the basics flawlessly in order to come away with a win against Houston this week. Big game. Big game. Got to stay in the hunt, so let's go. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet and you want to check out the Junior Warriors clinics that go on, our very own Ashley Burge is the Junior Warriors director, and she's a freaking rock star. Get your kids involved in the sport and connect to the state of Utah through rugby. Learn from other athletes, from the Warriors coaching staff and players. Children ages 5 to 14 can get those fundamentals and that basics down to learn the game of rugby. Registration is only $30. It includes a one-hour clinic, a Junior Warriors t-shirt, free parking, two tickets to the corresponding Warriors home match, and it is a ton of fun. Get signed up now at junior.warriorsrugby.com. That's jr.warriorsrugby.com. Are we sure that should be 30 bucks? That feels like a steal. Like, is that a little low? Hey, Warriors love the kids, all right? It's true. It's true. I'm like, that's it. 30 bucks. I'm going to roll out there as a six-year-old. I can't get tickets for 30 bucks, but you can for your kids in Junior Warriors Rugby. Two tickets for 30 bucks and a shirt and the experience. Holy shnikes. Okay, uh, Mika Kruse had a hat trick against Dallas. He's one of the top wingers in Major League Rugby. We saw him play center last week. Uh, here is what his teammates have to say with some flattering and funny things. Mika was, without a doubt, the pickup of the year last year. We we traded for him, like, a couple weeks into the season. And, like, 
talk about a game changer. Like, the dude absolutely changed the team 100%. There's no other way to put it than Mika's just a little wanker, that guy. He, um, he has all the talent in the world, and he does some things that just absolutely blows my mind. And then, like you said, he'll be laying in his bed three minutes until training, decide, oh, okay, cool, I guess it's time to go play some rugby, and he's unbelievable. Whereas myself, when I was a player back in the day, I had to work extremely hard for everything, and he just comes naturally to him. Because, like, the uh, Charlie's grandparents that stay in bed all day from Charlie and Chocolate Factory, and that's exactly what he does. He just stays in bed all day, rolls up to practice, and then goes right back to bed. I feel like what Mika brings to our attack as a team is just dynamic play. I mean, I've never seen a guy that like is that big with that much pace, but also like that much skill, like offloads, like long drawn out passes, like the dude just finds people um, after doing the work of making the initial break, like unreal and open play. He brings a lot of like versatility to, to the team and he uh, he's really smart too. For even for how young he is, so being able to run an offense with Mika Cruze is a, such a it's an awesome thing. Uh, we link up pretty well, and I think that showed a few times last year, and uh, hopefully we can do that this year. Mika, growing up, he played a lot of football, and uh, this guy, his um his arm is unbelievable. So like we would just be messing around on the field, and this guy's throwing sixty yard tight spirals perfectly to QB1, you know? So it's just, and then he brings those skills with this catch pass, because he's got the perfect flick. He does the same thing with his catch pass, his all floats. He's just got so much time with ball in hand, and he sees things that a lot of players won't have the confidence to be able to do, but he will see it, have the confidence. There's no, there's no split second of thinking. He just does it all automatically and organically. And yeah, Mika, again, Mika's ceiling is just, it's huge. Uh, I was excited to, to find out that Mika came back this year. Um, being able to play with him, he's able to you know, beat defenders and uh, having a person like that on the field, uh, I don't know if it takes a load off of me, it probably makes me work even harder because I know that he's going to break the line so someone has to be there to support him. Mika in the locker room, I think it takes a little bit to warm up, but once he warms up too, like, just a goofy guy. So funny. He's so funny. But yeah, no, initially super shy, kind of quiet, stays to himself. but. Uh, but always, he, I guess he's never he's never afraid to share his opinion either. Like it's not like he's shy because he lacks confidence. He's shy because he chooses to be. But uh, super goofy when he opens up for sure. Mika is a massive nerd. He um he loves anime more than anything. He wears his Crocs every day with all his little anime um um characters on them and. I have no idea what character has this whatsoever, but he walks around with a peanut backpack the entire time. And I'm going to try and get him to do a bit of a presentation in front of the boys about all this anime. But uh, yeah, he's a huge nerd and he loves his video games. He might seem quiet, but he's not, he's not that quiet, especially when he's around the boys, you know, and the coaches as well, because he has good relationships with everyone, not only the players and coaches, management as well. You know, he's. He's real vocal and he, he, he I mean, he could talk. So he, he, he's not, he, he's not what he seems. I joke with Mika, I call him the sloth. I don't even know if he knows I call him the sloth, but Mika just stays in bed all day and he just comes to practice. That's the only time I see him. <laughs> did, you, did you have any teammates like that growing up that they could just roll out and be one of the most athletic guys on the pitch just naturally like that? That's incredible. I've known a couple of guys in my life that have been like that. I was never that way. I was always a mediocre 
athlete at best. You know, I was, I never warmed the bench. I started everything, but I was never the star athlete on any team I ever played on from the time I was young until I was old. Uh, Mika Cruz is just one of those special athletes. And it's so great to see him with this Warriors team. You know, with us, he's so quiet, but I got to go to a training in the week uh, leading up to the Toronto game and to see him in his comfort zone with people that he trusts. He is very vocal and talking about what's going on and, and leading his team around what he sees as the developing play in front of him. He's such a great asset to have. He's amazing. I think it's not a coincidence that kind of the turn of the team last year happened when he joined from LA, uh, which he was an amazing, amazing pick. Shout out to LA for trading. (laughs) For needing the cap space to pay for all their players. Yes. Thank you. That was awesome. That was fantastic. So uh, if you want to see Mika, if you want to see the return of Paul Lasique, if you want to see Mikey Teo and all of our other Warriors in action, it's your chance to get your ticket packages now. Seven game season ticket packages still available. Get your flex packages and get into the stadium to support your Utah Warriors. Go to warriorsrugby.com to make sure you don't miss a minute of the action. Okay, final moments of the show here. Let's talk about it. USA Rugby announced it's moving its focus to bid for the World Cup in 23, uh, sorry, excuse me, 2031 for the men and 33 for the Women's World Cup because England is reportedly preferred for the 25 Women's World Cup in Australia in 27. What do you think of this news and hopefully it happens? I think it's a great strategic move uh, by USA Rugby to be able to go for those because it gives the game time to develop and be exposed here in the USA. And then when we talk about 2031, I mean, we're only talking about nine years away from right now. It's not like it's that far away when, you know, you look at that number. So the chance to be able to expose fans to the game here in America for the chance for the American team to raise to the level where it can compete in a home world cup, as well as the incredible exposure that a world cup potentially in England and Australia would bring. I think that timing is ideal for USA rugby. I think it's a really smart move. The sevens hosting a couple of years ago in San Francisco was super cool. Granted, you know, it was like, barely before pre-COVID I'm trying to remember but um yeah it was like right before it was like the last thing that happened before COVID right before Rudy Gobert touched all the mics um that was the, <laughs> that was that's how time is reckoned uh with the pandemic but yeah hopefully uh the U.S. gets both it'd be it'd be sick to host both it'd be amazing so hopefully that happens and uh we will see okay don't forget Saturday Utah Warriors Against Houston Sabercats, you can watch it on FS2, listen to it on Cool FM, ESPN 960. Get out to the game if you can as well, Five Mountain. Order your tickets on warriorsrugby.com. Okay, that will do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. For Clevin Lopser and Mason Benson and Billy, our producer, running up and down behind the tri-zone. And Banksy, I am Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors! <laughs>